0: Last week in my small group, um, several people brought up the fact that one of the things they were experiencing in James is just God's amazing love for them and how James shares that through all kinds of things we're supposed to do, and that so many of us were raised in churches or in families where it was all about what you're not supposed to do. Don't do this, and don't do this, and don't do this, and don't do this, because those are sins. But James's book is full of God pouring out all of the things he wants us to do, the way he wants us to be as women of God. And so I'm going to focus today um, on James 5, four to-dos that I think he spoke very strongly to me about in the last um, chapter of the book. And then I want to spend the second part of our time together focused on the whole book of James and what I saw, um, kind of God giving me a prescription for fixing some of the things in my life, and I wanna share, so God's um, Rx for a blessed life with you. So to start with, I wanna focus on four to-dos that James just really spoke to me about this week. And specifically, these come from the second part of chapter five, verses 12 to 20. and. Um, The first is God telling me to be a woman of my word. And I heard this loud and clear in verse 12. Um, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Just let your yes be a yes. That my word, your word, is just a reflection of your integrity, your trustworthiness, your dependability. There's no reason for oaths. There's no reason for promises. I mean, what we say should be what we do. And that's it. So simple. But what a sweet reminder from God that he calls us to be women Of our word, and um, Psalm one twenty two kind of reminds me of a country song, but um, this is a verse I go to about integrity, and it is, "Save me, Lord, from lying lips and deceitful tongues." And I just thought of that because it isn't just talking about save me from other people's, but Lord, save me from my own. Where in my life is am I having um, dishonesty, um, and even being dishonest with myself? So, being a woman of my word. From James 5:12. The second to-do I um, was impacted by um, in this part of James was, "Be a woman of prayer and praise." And from James 5:13, "Is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise." Very sweet verse, just saying, "If you're in trouble, be on your knees, ladies. If you're happy and things are going well. Who are we supposed to be saying thank you for? Um, Prayer is our lifeline to God, and he designed prayer as our way to connect with him when we are in times of trouble, when we're trying to have that patience and endurance that James told us about earlier in the chapter. Prayer is the lifeline. It is a gift from God, very specifically a gift that he gives us that we can just sit with him in prayer, and it reminded me of um, when my girls were young, and they're they're teenagers now, and it has not changed. My 17-year-old has had a real struggle this month. Um, I always pray for my children to get caught at things, and um, she did get caught, um, but not by me. Um, but um, she came to her dad and I and confessed and wept and told us about um, an an incident. Um, that brought a lot of public humiliation and some shame. But boy, did it bring great learning. But I was so thankful that she came to us and confessed and wept and cried. And isn't that what God wants us to do with him? Isn't that what he has taught us? And um, I just think, when in my life am I not doing that? Am I not running to him first, Um, that lifeline of prayer? Um, So Matthew 7, 7 came to mind. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. James reminded me so many times, if you're not getting the wisdom you need, it's because you're not asking for it. If you're not getting the comfort you need, it's because you're not asking for it. I've just got to be on my knees in prayer all the time. The second part of that one is be a woman of praise. Um, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will be on my lips. Um, I didn't sleep much last night. It had nothing to do with teaching today, which is what my husband said. Well, did you not sleep because you were nervous? And I said, no. Last night, we had a new baby born in our family. And um, he, um, he is my sister's um, first grandson and my dad's first great-grandchild. And um, on my our side of the family, no other great grandparents are still alive. And my sister and I were snuggling with this baby at 8:30 last night. He was three hours old. And um, just um, actually, we were first we were just grumbling a little bit that wouldn't it have been nice if our mother had been there? And she passed away several years ago. And wouldn't it have been nice if his other grandparents, great grandparents, had been there? Um, but we. Stop. And I said, You know, I'm doing this Bible study, and it's all about praise, not grumbling. We have got to be so thankful that those people who have passed are with the Lord and certainly celebrating life in heaven, and that our dad is still here. And what a change that would have been kind of a few moments of just really grumbling and moaning about what we didn't have became a time of praise and praying over this beautiful baby. And um, just a great reminder from James that I am supposed to be praying when things aren't going well, but when they're good, I need to be praising him and thanking him for all of those things. So the second one, a woman of prayer and praise. The third thing James really laid on me is that I should be a woman in community. And he talked about two things in this section of scriptures that really hit me about community. And you know, at our church we just hear community all the time. I see the blessings, but James kind of gave me this snapshot of community, a little bit that was stepped out. And the first was the whole verse around call for the elders of the church. James 5:14 is anyone among you sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. All right, well, if I'm not in community, I don't really have any elders, so this convicted me. The other was James wasn't really talking about formal elders of the church. He was talking about people in your life who are spiritually mature and who can meet with you and pray with you over whatever is going on in your life, whether that's physical ailment, whether that's spiritual ailment, and then he talked about the laying of the on the ha- with the hands and the oil. And ladies, oil in scripture is used many times as a symbol of God's Holy Spirit, Him being with us on earth. So imagine oil pouring over you. That's the Holy Spirit. God reminding you that He is all around you. He is with you. He is soaking into you. What a beautiful picture of what community does for us. When we're sick, ailing, spiritually, physically, whatever we have, God reminds us, get the people in your lives who are believers around you, have them put their hands on you, have them pour oil over you, have them remind you faithfully, I am in control. I'm not gone, I am with you. The second um, part of that on um, being a woman in community was James's whole discussion about confession. And um, I love that he says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. He is telling me, live in community, be with women in your life that you are confessing to and who are called to pray faithfully with you and for you, hold you accountable, and just be gentle in the way they love you. I can't do that if I'm not living in community. So I thought, what a sweet reminder from James that I need to be a woman in community. I do shake my head a lot, don't I? Sorry about that. Were y'all doing hand signals or something? Okay, they have been like doing this down there. I am somewhat audiovisually challenged. So, um, grace would be appreciated. Because that's my next one, be a woman of compassion. <laughs> right, see, and I know I'm in a safe group for that. James 5, 19 to 20, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Be a woman of compassion. James is talking about us having compassion toward other believers, that we are responsible when we see one of our sisters venturing into a pattern or choosing sin. It is our job to lovingly, kindly, gently pull her back into the way of truth. Um, if we don't, the consequences are severe. It says, save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So compassion, ladies, and I love Galatians 6.1, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit, you who live by the Spirit, should restore that person gently. But watch yourself So that you're not tempted also. I love how they kind of a side note there, but we are called to be um, keepers of our sisters, watchers for them, caregivers of them. And um, James is reminding us here that that is a part of our to-do. What a great um, privilege that God calls us to care for each other in that way. So those were my four to-dos I saw from James 5, um, things that God really laid on my heart. He wants me to be a woman of my word and um, honor the things I say. He wants me to be a woman of prayer and praise. He wants us to be women who live and, and work and survive and do everything in community so that we're confessing, we're praying, and we're going to each other. And he wants us to be women of compassion, Women who are going to hold out our hands, even if it's shaking unsteadily, and really pull another sister back in when she's going off on a separate path. And I just love how simple and direct James is with those. I mean, he is clear. He is easy. There's not a lot of um, hard-to-understand stuff in there. I mean, he just kind of lays it on the line as a very simple deliverer of God's message. So I love that he addresses those practical problems, and um, I wanted to spend a little bit of time just wrapping up the whole book of James. Um, I'm kind of sad we're leaving it. I mean, I think it's been a great study. I mean, I I see lots of you nodding. I've just learned so much, and I love that James didn't just point out our problems, but he kind of shows us some of their sources. He talks about Uh, you know, other complications that we might have if we don't address them, and he talks about how to overcome them with kind of a prescription um, for becoming a more spiritually healthy Christian. Um, Well, every year around this time, I get to go to the internist and have a physical, and I'm at the age where I get to go every year, kind of like when you have a toddler. When you get to be my age, you get to do that, too. It's very exciting, but I've had the same internist for 17 years. I found him in the Blue Cross Blue Shield. He has my insurance. Pick a an internist book and little did I know 17 years ago that he would be a member of Watermark and that his wife would be in my small group um, which is just so funny how God brings everything full circle but I do know one thing this year when I visit him and 17 times before now I'm gonna hear a couple of the same things I'm gonna hear it would really be good for you to exercise more you need to lift weights to keep your bone density you need to eat less fat and sugar For your cholesterol, you need to lose 5 to 10 pounds. Um, I need to do all kinds of, I need to take vitamins. Those things have not changed. I mean, my cholesterol hasn't really changed. I'm not exercising more. I mean, part of it, the problem is that I haven't done any of it, so my prescription's not changing, but it does not change. And that reminded me that for centuries, God's prescription for Christians really hasn't changed either. Isn't it funny, our nature that they were struggling with the same thing in the churches and the early Christians that James was writing to that we're struggling with. I mean, we haven't gotten it in 2,000 years, and the prescription is still the same. So here is my prescription, what I thought God was teaching me through his wonderful servant, James. So I call it God's Rx for a blessed life, and um, I just want to walk through these and um, talk about them from James. So James is servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the women of Watermark. Here is my prescription for a blessed life. Number one, feast on the word of God. Whether we signed up for it or not, we are in the gladiator games. This is not powder puff. Uh, life is full of trials. James starts with that. James 1, 5 through 8. Arm yourself with his wisdom. Through scripture, you are in a battle for life. Number two, treat your teammates as equal. Everyone on God's team was created the same. Beauty, strength, money, being the boss, whatever earthly strengths you think you have, do not make you the team captain. Christ is the captain. Treat your teammates as equal, James 2, 1 through 9. Number three, keep your tongue busy by praising him. It is impossible to praise God if at the same time we are judging, grumbling, grumbling, complaining, and quarreling. James 1, 26. Just keep busy by praise. Number four, take your daily chill pill. The Christian life requires much patience and perseverance. Now, my daily chill pill um, consists of some quiet time and chocolate. I don't know what yours might be, but I'm thinking I'm getting a, a little bit better balance, you know? So, but find a way to just rest in him every day um, because he is the one that gives us patience and perseverance. Number five, do a daily confession cleanse. We got to get the gunk out so Christ's light can shine through us. That is why we're called to be in community. James 5, 16. Number six, Eat lots of humble pie. It has no calories, and it may even help you lose your appetite for short periods of time. James 4, 6 through 10, be humble. Number seven, exercise your prayer muscles. If you're not on your knees, you may be spending too much time on your own two feet. James five sixteen to 18, be a prayer warrior. Number eight. If you start swelling with pride, sister, get some ice on it. James four, one through six. Prescription number nine, the more you pump up your faith, the stronger it will be. Faith is like a muscle. We have to practice trusting and having faith. some people, it is kind of their spiritual gift. They just have it naturally. But for most of us, we get better. The more faith we have, the more we get the more we're blessed by it. We gotta practice it. And number 10, lift up your teammates and get them back in the game. Yours may be the only hands reaching out to them. And that's from James 5, 19 to 20. As you can see, James has given me a much needed dose of medicine. And I hope he's pointed out some ailments to you that may need some healing. Um, I hope that God has just challenged you and also encouraged you through his servant, James. Remember, James's book is um, inspired by God. God gave him those words and used him as a servant to communicate those things to us. Allow James to change you, Search your heart, search your behaviors to see where things are not how they should be and allow James to give you the prescription for healing. Um, I pray that you have a great week. We start um, First Timothy next week, um, and I think it's going to be as great as James. Let me close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do just thank you for your servant James and the way he just spoke your words so pure and truthful and just so simple, Father. I mean, there is not a lot hidden in his book. It is all out there for us to act on. So, Father, I just pray for each of us that you just stir us up, lay on our hearts what you would have us change because of your servant James and make us more wholly devoted followers of Christ. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great week.